Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hello and welcome to No Small Roles. Now, regular listeners will know that we are an actual play podcast full of mystery, adventure, role play, and a fair amount of silliness and spoons. However, when we heard there was an opportunity to talk with Shelley Mazanoble and Greg Tito, two D&D podcasting legends, about their upcoming book Welcome to Dragon Talk, well, we just couldn't pass that up. Now, if this is your first time listening to No Small Roles, welcome and help yourself to a cuppa. My name is Ben Galpin and I play Artificer Orin Quill. And in this interview, I'm joined by David Knight, our DM and composer, and Daryl Bailey, who plays our Hexblade Warlock Enkidu. As well as our main campaign, we have a number of shorter adventures for new listeners to dip their toes into. So please do give us a listen. But now let's crack on with our chat with Greg and Shelley. Hello and welcome to No Small Roles, a very special episode of No Small Roles this week, where there are no small roles, but two very special guests. We are joined this week by Shelley Mazanoble and Greg Tito from Wizards of the Coast slash Dungeons and Dragons. So, hey, Greg and Shelley, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having us. Welcome. I'm sorry I dropped a soul (laughs) coin in the middle of your intro. Oh, was that you? (laughs) Just just casual soul coin dropped there. Has it been used or is it full of souls? It is full of one soul, but I won't reveal whose it is. It's Daryl's. Oh, it's mine. (laughs) Thanks. I am now concerned. Sorry, Daryl. I just hope it's worth a lot. <laughs> it is. Very <laughs> Wherever you're going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll look out for some uh, Infernal Machines later on to uh, <laughs> power up with that later. <laughs> so for the listeners, the, the few listeners who, who don't know who Greg and Shelley are, I've, I've written some scribbled notes. So I believe uh, Shelley is Senior Brand Manager for Dungeons & Dragons, co-host of Dragon Talk, Author of Confessions of a Part-Time Sorceress, a Girl Guide, a Girl's Guide to the Dungeons and Dragons game. Yes. Nearly got it right. <laughs> Everything I need to know I learned from Dungeons and Dragons, a one woman's quest to self trade self-help for elf help. That's my favorite. These long titles are hard to say. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Playwright of Blue Moles, which I believe you also starred in, Chicken in the Egg, and uh-huh. um, most importantly, perhaps West Middle School's seventh grade badminton doubles team champion. Yes! Yes, yes, finally. <laughs> finally, somebody sees me for who I truly am. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well done. And uh, we have Greg Tito, who's Senior Communications Manager at Wizards of the Coast, co-horse of Dragon... Co-horse? I'm a co-horse. <laughs> co- Wait, which co-horse. part of the horse does that make me, then? <laughs> yeah, are you front or back? <laughs> co-host of Dragon Talk, uh, writer and producer of upcoming short film Ex-Husband, host and editor of Reengage, the Star Trek Next Generation podcast, and a theatre carpenter, I believe. That's right. Handy. Yeah, very handy. Yeah, I have put together lots of things that look good for two weeks. this is perfect skills (laughs) and now you are both authors and also i believe audiobook narrators of welcome to dragon talk yeah so thank you so much greg and shelly for joining us um my first question is how on earth do you find time to fit everything in Uh, (laughs) well in between quite an extensive list right especially when you're training up to be a badminton champion such as myself it does (laughs) does take a lot um, Greg and I had many, many very late nights uh, writing this book, but fortunately, we got to do this together. And by together, I mean, we had a shared doc and right around 11 o'clock at night, we would both <laughs> pop in there <laughs> and then I could see like the word count going up and like see like Greg Tito's also in this doc. And it just made me feel very comforted and, and happy to know oh, we're here together oh. until the wee hours. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. yeah, and yeah. then the awkward moment when one of you logs off, and you're like, "Okay, well, I guess oh, I'll carry yeah. on then." Oh. Oh, I'm all alone in this shared dock. <laughs> did you leave each other notes as you wrote? Like, this is how I'm getting on today. Yes, we did. We had a, a oh. Teams chat going on. Like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. Like, yeah. what are you working on? <laughs> Read this section and see if this sounds right. Or do you remember this interview with this person? And that was a really funny thing you said. <laughs> that was my favorite bit where we'd be like, you know, you, it, as part of writing, sometimes you're just spewing out words as much as you can just to get it out. And having just someone like Shelly be there to be like, oh, hey, I really liked this essay. And then I'd be like, oh, OK, it's not just garbage words that are coming out of my no. fingertips onto the page. These are actually, you know, uh, worthwhile things. So having having a co-author was great because it just had uh, each of us having our backs and lifting each other up like we mm-hmm. do in the podcast to all the D&D creators out there. Like yeah. a D&D party. Like a party. Aww. Yeah. D party of authors. I love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scribble's note. <laughs> Daryl, get your notebook ready. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Who was the DM though in the in the party of two? That's the question. That's a good question. I sometimes uh step in uh to do that for our uh you know, Daryl and, and Drunky Two Shoes. Mm. So but in this case, I think you were the DM of it was this like, book. We were like co co DMs. Yeah. yeah. Well, because Shelly had had the two um do books previously already published? I definitely look to you to be like, what do I do here? What's going on? Not you know, just I, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going till it's done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how how long did the sort of the process take from sort of starting starting setting down the first time to to finishing up the the, the Google Doc and sending it off? Good question. I think about a year total. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, well, <laughs> that's what we were given. Oh, right. Probably the <laughs> amount of time we actually took was probably, uh, you know, six months. <laughs> compressed. Near the deadline rather than. Yes. Yes. The longest part was probably re-listening to all of the episodes. Mm. At least for me, because I did yeah. want to go back and and reflect upon why. I Like, I, we knew what essays we we felt compelled to write about. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to go back and re-listen and, and remember certain things and 
just make sure that you know because there is an actual record of how the interview yeah. happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah, yeah. to make sure I was doing it justice. But that they're each like an hour long, so yes. it took a it took a while to go back and review them all, and then take notes on them, and then kind of figure out what the what the through line was, and and then write it. But and then of course mm. edit takes a while but Pu- thankfully publishing is a very slow moving industry <laughs> and the largest time consumer shelley was uh, having to psych yourself up into listening to your voice it's on true the podcast you got over that i yes. you, you're not a big fan of your own voice nah, no and, and it's uh, and it's very it's it's a shame because i really like the podcast it's a really good like, podcast. i would totally listen to this if i weren't on it <laughs> Just like someone asked me now. <laughs> Who? Who shares that? Um, so a good friend of our, um, Sarah Gain, we've worked oh, with yeah. her for many years. Mm-hmm. She's guested on our podcast twice. And over the two and a half years that we've been doing this podcast, she's not listened to a single episode. <laughs> she can't bring herself to do it. Yeah. Because she doesn't like yeah. her voice. Either? I don't know. I, I, it's, part, it's partly that. It's partly I mean, that. Part of it, too, is like, you don't want to sound dumb you know like i don't want to go back and be what? like oh i can't believe i said that or that's a ridiculous thing or what a dumb joke but i got oh, that's me every every week when uh, no small rose comes out i'm like did i really say that did i make that <laughs> choice i guess i'll die then i have the total opposite like i'm listening back to an episode i'm like this would be it i hope someone makes this joke and then like i make you the do joke. <laughs> <laughs> We had that same I'm experience, like, at least I did, where wait. I was listening back to old interviews and be like, ha, 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 and I had a little joke to myself, and then I could hear myself waiting and trying to t- say that joke in the podcast. Yes! yes. <laughs> the exact same joke. It was like, this is an out-of-body, weird uh, experience. Yeah. Yeah. Because enough time has passed. I guess, like, uh, what was, I don't know what the oldest interview was that was from the book, but I guess mm. quite a few years had passed, probably, for, yeah. for some of them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, it's probably Dan Harmon is probably the earliest, yeah. right? Oh, yes. mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. yeah, that was pre-Greg, yeah. even. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. How was the process different, did you find? Because you've both written solo, I guess, Shelley, you've written sort of books. Yes. And like Greg, I think, written more sort of screenplays mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Did you enjoy the process more of working as a team and like getting to, to sort of share the load and... and... Mm, yeah, <laughs> that part was yeah. nice. <laughs> uh, that was nice to share the load, but I will also say like, just being accountable to yourself is like, you're going to like, you know, if you let yourself down, that's, it's, it's a feel bad, but to, yeah. to think about letting down like a friend and a partner oh, yeah, is yeah. like, mm-hmm. I, it really did, it made me just work harder and faster. Like, I'm not going to be late. I'm definitely not going to be late. And I'm going to write the best thing I can possibly write because like, Greg's name is attached to this too. And I want him to be proud and I want him to feel good about the the output of our work together. And and just like also, I want to do right by the D&D community and all of the people that were the focus of these interviews too. Like I want I want them to feel good about why, why we put them in this book as well. So I guess there's pros and cons, but I think they're all pro. But it's just like I really, I did not want to disappoint Greg. I just didn't want. I didn't want him to be mad at me. <laughs> and the same, same for me. Honestly, like I had never written a book before, as you said. Like I'd written parts of stuff and and uh, RPG materials and screenplays mm-hmm. and plays. 
and those are collaborative things as well, right? They're not necessarily mm-hmm. solo. Um, and I really found that I only can do those type of things if I am accountable to somebody, even mm-hmm. if it isn't uh, necessarily, uh, you know, a, a co-author. Like having somebody who's like check, keeping track and be like, "Oh, did you do the thing?" And then having that that little mm-hmm. social embarrassment of like, "No, I didn't." Do the thing. <laughs> um, fighting against do the that thing is like super huge for me in any mm-hmm. type of yeah. creative endeavor. Uh, so yeah, having having Shelly be there and watching and being like, "Huh, all right, she's doing." She's written four essays and I've already written two. That means I got to write, you know, two more to oh. kind of get up and going oh. balance. I think actually the balance is way more in Shelly's favor. She's written more of the essays than, than I did. But it was it was always like this. I got to make sure I, oh. I, I live up to what you're doing. But you know what? You and I both have we have different ways of writing. And I think mm. we figured that out early on because I, my style is I, I just write to get it out. And I know that that first draft sucks. And let's, who cares? Like, I'm not going to I just. I don't edit. I don't like, it's just not good, but it's just the words, like the framework. It's like framing a house. It's like the yeah. frame is there. And mm. then I will go in and then I will, you know, do all the other stuff it full of insulation and drywall and paint <laughs> and maybe put a little wallpaper over on this corner and, and then it's done. But Greg, you, I think you were, your essays, like you do more of a, a, solid draft the first time through so it might have taken a little longer to do those those uh, first drafts but mm. you i think you probably had less editing to do than i did after so it all it all came out in the wash that anyway. is true yeah that's a nice yeah your, your stars really complement each other i guess a lot of writers i listen to talk about you know some are on like shelley's camp like just get it out the important thing is uh, it exists. You can revise it later, be a perfectionist later. Where some people are like, I need the first attempt to be as good as I can possibly be, no matter how long <laughs> it takes. Yeah. And it's nice that you have that kind of like balance between you. So that's quite nice. Yeah. And we, yeah. we didn't figure that out right at first, which makes me think like maybe like if you co author something, you should do like a session zero with your partner. Oh, and and be like, sense. here's how I'm going to yeah. approach this and don't panic. They're going to get done, but and they're going to be good, but you're going to read a first draft and you're going to be like, oh, I don't want my name on this book with this person. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Well, and we did a proposal. We did a pretty intensive uh, proposal along with yeah. like sample writing. And I think that is for me where it coalesced into an actual project, right? Where we actually mm. were like, okay, here's what, what we're going to framework and how we're going to get a lot, you know, to continue your house metaphor, Shelly, like this is, that was the framing. And then us writing it was like, oh, we're decorating this room. We're decorating that room. Like that, that came easier once to me, I had the framework in my head and also the voice. Like, I think I wasn't sure exactly how I was going to approach the voice of my essays. And it wasn't until I saw yours, Shelly, that I was like, oh, okay. It's, it's the, 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 casual um self-deprecating jokey way of <laughs> mm. of uh narrating you know thoughts and feelings i was like okay i can i can do that i can mm. i can get into that mode pretty easily and so i think <laughs> that way we it was a very much similar not to uh hammer this point home but it did really feel like a D party where we were building off each other almost in an improv way and got got to a, a finish line by um, listening more than than just writing ourselves. How much of an influence on each other's writing did you have? Like, was there any like edits and big swings and cuts for either of you to make, or like, oh, maybe you should talk more about like this section here? I don't know that we really did. Yeah. Not a ton, honestly. 
which is weird how it all kind of matches up. <laughs> that's, some... Well, that's the thing. Reading through it, it <laughs> yeah. feels like like a unified mm. voice. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's a mm. good question. I mean, there were sections when I definitely was like, I need you to read this and I need you to help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then I, he would give me that feedback. But yeah, we didn't, we didn't really tinker too much in each other's essays unless we were requested to do so <laughs> sure <laughs> so that's the thing it's like inviting someone over as opposed yeah. to like yeah. yeah yeah if we if we want to use the house metaphor again like yeah <laughs> please knock before <laughs> before coming into my home and like rearranging my furniture <laughs> exactly uh, yeah. i've put the sofa over here and i just need a, a second pair of eyes to make sure that it's working yeah, yeah. do you like it do you like this picture here mm-hmm. <laughs> um and, and i do love the the tone that you found as well mm. and the, the the sort of the footnote idea as well that Yes. Each of you, the little comments, the, there are some real footnotes, but then also yes. a lot of the footnotes in the book are, you are more commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We wanted to get the podcast feel out there, right? So there's certainly yeah. times when Shelley tells a story and I'll make jokey comments and vice versa. And we wanted to have that feel. So it wasn't quite so. And because, you know, we, we co-host each interview. So even though we wrote mm. the individual essays ourselves, we wanted to make it feel like it wasn't just uh one person's thoughts right they were, we were mm-hmm. uh, yeah. having more of the voice and the commentary from the other host throughout it and i'll tell you there were a lot more footnotes in there yes. too <laughs> in in the original in the original draft that we sent in and uh we toned it back quite a bit because it did it did kind of break up the flow too much for a continual storyline and those are actually really hard to do in an audiobook form which we are now mm. realizing yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. How, How does, does that even work? Do you just <laughs> yeah. Take a highlighter pen and just uh, here's this. Skip yeah. to yeah, one hour and fifteen minutes to hear footnote one. Skip to <laughs> right now. Yeah. We're reading them kind of at the like end of the paragraph. Uh, okay. And 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 trying to keep it that way, as well as in our essays, I'm reading Shelley's footnotes. But you're Which saying is weird, my I, name. I did first. put a little affectation on the first time. I was like, I'm uh, like Shelly. And the <laughs> person who was recording was like, you know, don't do that. <laughs> That's not what she sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Cut it. It, it sucks. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. going to go for a retake on that one. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's making me now wonder whether you attempted voices for other people that uh, get quoted Ooh. in the book. Or... <laughs> did you, Greg? I, I did not. I didn't uh, either. We are not, okay. <laughs> we are, we are not Matt Mercer uh, and able to drop into <laughs> other voices quite so easy. But I, what we do, there's a lot of quotes in the essays where we do mm. have direct quotes from folks. And there was a moment where I was like, should we be doing different voices? I've certainly read or listened to audiobooks of fantasy novels. And mm. those voice actors are so great at doing yeah. different voices uh, for, for dialogue. Um, but we are we are, we are not that skilled. <laughs> no, no. I did try to like do a little bit of acting though when I was <laughs> mm-hmm. like reading a quote or something. But yeah, for somebody who doesn't like the sound of their own voice, re- narrating your own audiobook mm-hmm. is like aversion therapy. I'm like, oh, I can't get her out of my head. She's just here. <laughs> It was crazy. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing when you're listening to it back to it when it's only your voice on the recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was horrifying. It was actually similar <laughs> to the way we were talking about before we started recording with Daryl doing ADR stuff. It was actually very similar to that. Yes, in a, in a way because 
Yeah, it was it was really fascinating. I'd never done any audiobooks before, so it was really cool yeah. to be a part of the process and yeah. have them. Oh, right, we're going to take that again, and then they just loop back where you were, and you're supposed to jump in naturally with the flow. Yeah. And I was like, mm -hmm. God, this is so great! And we were, you know, able to bang it out a lot faster than I thought. I thought I was going to be talking for hours and hours and hours, which I was. But... Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, weren't you? In consulting, yeah. Yeah. There's been some big cuts since uh, since the last one. <laughs> it's just the footnotes. Just the footnotes. Just chapter titles. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else left. <laughs> so, how did you go about deciding? who and what to include in the book because like, mm -hmm. what, you guys are approaching what four over 400 episodes right yeah huge yeah, amount of, of dragon talk like oh stuff gosh. to to sift through so was it an instant like oh yeah we definitely want to talk about these people or or, or was there a little bit of, of of back and forth a bit of dis decision making there was um a lot of discussion about it because on like you said there was mm. at the time we were doing the proposal there was more than Almost 300 episodes, and then we got to 300 episodes after that. A um, lot of conversations about wonderful people who do amazing things. And we honestly tried to go towards ones that had more per of a personal connection to us or that we could, mm -hmm. we could elucidate more in the essay about it than just like, oh, this was happened and this was funny. You know, there are a few essays, I think, that are like that because you can't, you know, just the performance and or uh, interviews were so great or the stories they told were just amazing. And so there are some that are more translation like that, but still mm -hmm. there's always a connection. And uh, as Shelly is fond of saying, we certainly have a type of the two of us. Like I like mm -hmm. ones that are more performers, entertainers, screenplay writers, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and uh, Shelly certainly loves uh, writing essays about people who are work with uh, kids or use D&D mm. &D in a education or therapy mm -hmm. uh, type of way. Certainly a lot more of the essays that you wrote, Shelley, went in yeah. that bench, right? For sure. Yeah, we definitely, there were some that just immediately we were like, well, we have to write about these people. Like we each made our own list. There were some that just rose right to the top that we know we were super excited about or inspired by. But then there were, you know, I can't write an entire book about just therapists who use D and D. Maybe, maybe one day, <laughs> yeah. but like I think, like I probably should have had some variety. Don't really out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. maybe not for this book, but I think we also it was important for us to show the the diversity of the community, to show mm -hmm. like the the breadth of the community, and how anyone who reads this book could look at it and say, "Oh, like, I can see myself as part of this community. Like there, there is something for everyone in here. And fortunately, we've been blessed to have a lot of different types of of people come on Dragon Talk and want to talk about their D and D fandom. And whether it's because they're creating really cool D and D content now, or because they are in a line of work that has nothing to do with D and D, but they're they were always inspired by D and D. Like they'll say, like, well, D and D's. The, one, the thing that taught me how to write stories and now I'm an author, you know, so. Yeah. 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 And, and after we got to the point that we wanted, knew we wanted to write about the community members that we wanted to write about, the people that we interviewed, there was a moment where like, well, a lot of what we're describing here is a moment in time, right? Like this was this, you know, six or seven years that we have been producing Dragon Talk and it is a mm -hmm. very like a inflection point in the D and D community where so many more folks have gone into it and, and it's been enriched because of that. And we needed to provide context. Uh, it was one of the uh, big pieces of feedback from our editors and the people at um, university of Iowa press was like, 
you know, you can certainly get into the weeds pretty quickly because this is a D&D podcast. There's a lot of stuff to discuss. And so they had the great idea to show like some of the history of Dungeons and Dragons, like give the broad strokes, like let people know what, you know, the difference between AD&D is and third edition D&D and not just uh, in the mechanics, but in the the way the community worked and how that uh, impacted and provided context for what you know the the period of time that a lot of the essays were were, were concentrated on, like you know twenty fifteen on. So that was really exciting, and then it became for me not only a record of the growth of the D and D community, but how it has changed and shifted and uh, uh, you know improved over the decades that D and D has been out there. And so it's been mm. really cool to to have this be like a okay, you know, there's lots of histories of Dungeons and Dragons and how the the company was formed. But it, we're not really about that. It's about how the people around it and the people who have played D and D have have uh, have have grown and shifted. So that was really fun. Yeah, that that sense of sort of community, and I, yeah. I think you it's sort of covered in in the book to an extent. But I was just like wondering what you sort of both attribute the because there's been a. It seems to me I'm a relative newbie to D and D. I only started playing in 2019, same, so same. I've only ever known fifth edition. And I've only ever known the sort of you know recent few years. But like it's just be really interesting to hear what the sort of the you attribute the sort of the huge growth that D and D has gone through in the last yeah well, I guess sort of decade or so. Well, this is this is verging into day job territory too because I think <laughs> yeah. a lot uh, as far yeah, as yeah. being uh, how to how to if you could just share the analytics that you, yeah. Uh, yeah. you go through every day that'd be great. Well, I think <laughs> this yeah this is a company wide meeting that you prepared a PowerPoint for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you give me share? Can I share my, uh, <laughs> yeah, my yeah, PowerPoint? Yeah yeah yeah. Share now? screen access. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just a picture of that stonks. It's going up. Stonks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in some ways, that's I mean that honestly is what has occurred with this community which is amazing um i am always i i came into dungeons and dragons on the uh, wizards of the coast team uh march 2015 that was the Mm. same the same week i started was the same week that critical role premiered on twitch whoa totally coincidence but in my in many ways, I I <laughs> trace it? a lot so of that, <laughs> this growth and change back to that time because yeah. Yeah. there had been live play stuff before, but nothing yes. had the amount of impact that uh, Acquisitions Incorporated did first uh, mm-hmm. in, in podcast form and then into live oh, yeah. shows. Um, but the weekly Twitch uh, was relatively new in 2015. I think it had just been acquired by Amazon like a year before. For only four billion dollars, crazy to think about now. But uh, anyway, um, so cheap. I, I know, right? It's like a, yeah, yeah. if well, only we know we could have picked it. Could have just went in on it together, You're right? <laughs> you guys, we could all get to go all in. Um, but I think I'll just I check think, our Patreon balance. <laughs> <laughs> that period of people being able to create video content around and actual play of Dungeons and Dragons changed everything. Uh, you know, in mm. addition to a couple other factors, um, which is the fact that huge fantasy franchises like Lord of the Rings and uh, Harry Potter, before we went to shit, um, uh, were really <laughs> immensely popular in the early 2000s, right? And I think all of the, the, mm. the kids who were watching that had gotten a little bit older by that mm. point, and it became much more of a mainstream thing to jump into fantasy. It wasn't quite so, you know, hands, hands arm's length like it had been in the previous decades, and people mm. were more. Uh, open to that and then fifth edition itself is such a well put together game mm. that brought in the 
focus on character and and performance mm-hmm. and improv um while still having the nitty-gritty tactical uh mechanics there and uh the ability to um to balance those in an addition was was really great and i think all those mm-hmm. factors in addition to the fact that people could watch people playing and get an idea of how to play the game a little bit easier uh you know many of you like you guys are new to the game you didn't start by just opening up the cracking up a book and trying to figure out how to no. make the game out of it did no you? way no. no no and i always make this this analogy people don't learn how to play uh basketball or or football soccer by reading the manual of the rules of how to play soccer or or basketball right like you watch it you watch people play it yeah. you emulate the you know your 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 heroes you listen to the commentary you know you 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 absorb all that and then you like kind mm-hmm. of you know learn how to play and i think that's what's happened for for dungeons and dragons where people are getting the the gameplay is not so alien because you, it's there, there's so much content out there that makes it more uh, uh easier to understand and easier to grok and be like i want to do that and then you're like well we have all of these tools to be able to make you uh, allow you to be able to do that and i think that's really changed everything yeah. in addition dragon talk changed the world so that also <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the number one thing. i mean yeah, you can exactly. give, you're allowed to give yourself a pat on the back without feeling awkward about it <laughs> I think in, the, in the book shall you mentioned i'm pretty sure i coined dnd next i was like that's I a do, very yes. small footnote. Do you want to yes. expand on that? <laughs> I do think. Okay, let's be clear. Like, I didn't like, you know, those aren't my rules. I didn't. I okay. didn't say <laughs> I'm not saying that I created fifth edition. I'm just saying that we kept referring in meetings about it as like this, the play test or whatever. And we just mm. needed to call it something. It needed to have mm. its own name. And I think I just was offhandedly like D&D next. Like it's just whatever the next, and then people started using it. I'm like, one day I'm gonna write a book, and that will be a footnote. <laughs> Everyone will know. write that down right now. <laughs> so, so did you come up with one D and D as well, or was that? No, was that... see, that's everyone's follow up question. Like, no, no, I did not. I was gonna yeah. call it D and D next end. <laughs> Nexter. 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 Next, 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 Didn't have as much rolling off the. I don't know why they didn't go with it. Don't know. Yeah, would be great. But I love that too. Also, that in in our discussing about our day jobs in the book, people are going to get some details that were not known before, right? Like that we haven't really talked about publicly. Um, nothing, you know, salacious, but certainly like a little bit about like, oh, this is how uh, uh, the marketing worked and how we chose to do certain things. And so that was mm. that was to me also kind of a, a really interesting detail to to add to it. Like, like the f- I didn't know that Shelly uh, created D&D Next, even though we've been working together for six years. <laughs> I named it. I did Knew each other back it. then. I remember being invited. And we talked about this, too. I remember being invited to the Wizards of the Coast offices and seeing you there, Shelly, and being like, oh, yeah. hey, what's going on? Yes. Back yes. in 2012. Well, well I, I'm really looking forward to somebody reading this book and then being like, I created D&D Next. I was in that <laughs> meeting and it was me who said it. Okay, dude. It's you. I said 99%. That's why I said 99% sure. Yeah. <laughs> Second case. publishing of the book will be like an extra footnote. I know, yeah. yeah. Oh, no problem. Actually, actually, it wasn't me. <laughs> All the rebuttals from <laughs> readers. 
Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, like controversy a... sells books, so that's what I was yeah. that's what I was yeah. trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, joking aside, I, th- I feel like it, talking about Dragon Talk, like, I'm sure has been a big influence on mm. people learning how to play the game. It was certainly a, a big influence for me. Like um, David here in the, in the the chat got me into D and D back in spring 2019, mm. and then I, I think I had a month in between our first and second session where I just went, "Okay, I'm going to find out everything about this this thing." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, that having happens. having gone into that game initially, going how quickly can I leave this room, and um, <laughs> uh, is it polite to email immediately back saying thanks, but I never want to do whatever that was again. Uh, but then, <laughs> and then it was like five hours later, you were like, when are we playing next? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Just to make that clear, it wasn't the game itself that was going bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I want no, the game was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And here we are. <laughs> that was a big part of when we started doing Dragon Talk more regularly. Uh, was to show exactly that like that it's easy mm-hmm. to get into it you don't have to be a specific type of person all you really need to do is be a human who enjoys stories <laughs> and you can have all the other uh uh you know uh, you know Shelley loves reality tv and is a, a a person who uh main you know 30 years ago might not have been into dungeons and dragons but is into it now and i like to always show the breadth of like oh yeah i like sports i like other things i'm not you know, uh, pigeonholed into one, you know, type of uh, uh, stereotype for what a Dungeons and Dragons player is. And mm. I think we really tried to do that as much as possible throughout the, the, the podcast. And I think that did some small way contribute to this idea that D&D is, is mm. not for uncool people. It is for cool <laughs> people who enjoy <laughs> stories. It's a, it's a tool to make you cool, basically, isn't it? Yeah, like, yes. however it is that it's you enjoy your cool... You. This yeah. is how yeah. this is a, a space to then do that further in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that I've, I've always loved about the Dragon Talk is like, it, is the like the law you know sections, uh, the law you should know. Mm. Um, like all of those like extra stories that the podcast has been an amazing little like little dip in into things, like you say, that you don't need to know. It's just like fun extra stuff for everybody to, to use or listen to or enjoy. Extra little tips. Um, and yeah, like the fact that there's you you guys have gone into so much depth in like not only the the back catalogs of D and D, but then have reached out to the community to see like what's coming next as well. Yeah, yeah, it's just incredibly enjoyable. Oh, thank oh, you. Great. Yeah, glad you like it. Uh, and and also the the how to DM sections, which mm. I personally found very useful because I've only been playing for well three years, I guess now, and then jumping into to doing a bit of DMing really? as well. For, yeah, for yeah. friends and also oh. for the podcast. <laughs> That's happened. Ooh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> which which no feels pressure. even more pressurized. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. Like, people are going to listen to this. <laughs> yeah. That's very brave. Yeah. Very brave. And also more more worryingly, perhaps, like playing in David's our regular DM and playing playing in his carefully constructed homebrewed world. And then you start going, okay, try uh, not to break anything yeah, in the yeah, world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's there to be broken. You're the all stories. Good. You're all good. You can't break anything. You just—it's improv. You can always—it's you know. fantasy, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Get out yeah, of yeah. it. Absolutely. I was going to offer a different word. Retcon. Retcon. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite words in our show. Uh, so on retcon. Retcon is not used for the right context. And so, oh, I just want to go over what I said. There was ask a question. But I can retcon. Can I do this? <laughs> Unretcon. And be like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but if you break the world. We can retcon. We just retcon. It's, it's a fun. it's a safe one. 
Save it's just become absolute word of the show. It is. Yeah. And when we the retcons like for the editors, partial we retcons. Did. Partial retcons, yeah. Oh, retcon that retcon. <laughs> don't worry about that. Re then, then we just leave it. We don't. We don't even edit it out. We just leave it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah, makes it easy. It's it's become our equivalent of your footnotes. I think. Yes. <laughs> yes exactly. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Off the back of the how to DMing, I was going to ask Shelley how, how your DMing is, is going. Yeah. I think you're yeah. doing uh, Beyond the Witchlight. Is that right? I did. Right I did. Yeah. I ran. So I have neighbors who they have two daughters, eight and 10, and the mom and dad. And they were like, we, we want to learn how to play D&D. We're interested. Oh. Cool. So. I decided I picked the Wild Beyond the Witchlight because I thought well, car- the carnival would be just something that everybody mm-hmm. has been to and they could relate mm-hmm. to because they are not like they don't have any experience whatsoever with with D anD D or other role playing games. Plus, it's the two girls and they'll love meeting the displacer beast and mm-hmm. you know playing all the carnival games. I have so little confidence in my DMing skills that I just really leaned into immersion and I uh, I bought like carnival themed everything and like i had i had cotton <laughs> oh. candy and i had like oh little gosh. like all sorts of candy like i just made everything like feel and look like you were actually at a carnival i even had an amazing playlist that i found on spotify oh. that was circus music but it was actually quite enjoyable um so hot tip for anyone who needs a good wild beyond the witch playlist let me know i'll send you the link <laughs> um so that was playing right, when yeah. they came in they had no idea like what our adventure was going to be i even had like this tiny little top hat on and i was like hello welcome like oh this is i don't know what's wrong with her what's happening (laughs) Uh, but they i didn't teach them so i everything that i have i do i have learned from how to be a a dm i this Mm. is nothing that i've come up with on my own nothing no instincts i have no dm (laughs) instincts whatsoever i've learned it all but they i did not teach them any rules up front i just said this is collaborative this is storytelling you guys are are together you're you you are an adventuring party the wild beyond the witchlight gives you so much story there are so many plot mm-hmm. hooks there it's, it's almost like whoa like i don't this, there's too much happening here but you kind of do have to like narrow down your focus get them into that carnival and then expect the unexpected because i thought for sure they were going to go right to the lost items booth because i had told them <laughs> they lost something there eight years ago um, and no, they were like gondola rides. Let's go. On the, let's ride a swan. Like I don't even know where those are on the map. What's happening? They, they did it. Yes, they didn't. I I didn't think the girls were going to be into combat because you know they were just like mm-hmm. I thought they'd want to make friends with things or tame things. And I had like a little bit planned in case we needed to just experience that. But no, they were like. They were really into it. Um, <laughs> and they. what was great is that they had showed up thinking about what types of characters they wanted to be. And like the little, the, the youngest girl who's very, very, very quiet. She was like, I want to be a squirrel. And I have a nose ring. I'm like, oh, oh. okay. We're going to make that work. <laughs> yes, you're a druid. And you're just always a squirrel. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, and her sister like carried her around with her. The dad, who's like six foot eight, he was like, I'm a halfling. <laughs> I'm going to see what that's like. <laughs> Yo. Uh, and like, and they, he told me afterwards that they, the, the girls were just like 
just totally excited about it and wouldn't stop talking about it. And they um, they were like, Mom, it was so cool how you sliced that ghoul in half. And like, the, like that's the part oh. that they were, they got really into. They were like, oh, that was the best when, when Betty used her thorn whip and like grabbed like <laughs> this one character. And then, I don't know, they, they tag teamed it. It was, it was, they, yeah, they got into the combat. Wholesome. So whole, very wholesome play. Wholesome. But um, yeah. ever since then, like the dad, similar to what you were, were talking about, uh, Ben, that, they he got really into D and he's like went mm. and like read everything he could and now like he's downloading adventures and he was like oh i've already dm'd for that and i'm like oh so you don't oh. you don't need me anymore <laughs> now i'm offended oh yeah so like they, they're all they're all in all in have they even invited you over to play no so that i'm like oh, oh don't what? you remember the cotton candy and the cool playlist <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> outrageous you gave them the taste Shelley they're now they're gave they're them the hooked. taste and now they're just running <laughs> with it but but no. that, that's what we want yeah that's what it is yeah 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 yes. spreading spreading the message of D&D &D. So yes the, the student has definitely surpassed the master oh very quickly it seems Shelley Moe and, and Greg do you, find, do you find you get much time to to play home games i don't as often as i want to each time uh shelly talks about it, i'm like oh i gotta get that going with my uh my girls we play i found if i set it up too much it gets too uh anticipatory i'm not sure uh so i've only been like and i don't want to be the the, the dad that's like you got to play the thing that i love that is my job that is also you know <laughs> uh you know mm -hmm. I, I don't want to oversell it too much yeah. um but then I've also realized like you need to look, it's like the deadline for writing a book. You kind of do need some structure and, and, and start uh, uh, going on it. So I want to try and get their friends into it as well so that it's not just yes. me who's pushing, it's their friends yes. who are pushing them to want to get mm -hmm. into it. And it becomes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a more regular weekly, bi-weekly thing. Um, but, you know, my, my oldest just started middle school. Uh, and so that's a big transitionary time. But now that you know, we're a couple months in, I was like, mm, let's, you know, let's start recruiting some of your friends and see if they want to, uh, uh, start <laughs> ah, coming over. Cool. And, and I think I'm, I'm going to offer several of the published adventures and just be like, here, there's this one that's got this flavor. This one's got this mm -hmm. flavor. This one's got this flavor. Which ones do you want to, uh, uh jump yeah. into first? Um, cause I, I don't have, I, I think if I did a homebrew, I would be too, uh, with all the stuff that we're listing that we're doing, that's a little bit too much. But being able to be like, all right, here's a, a couple of different storylines with different flavors. Maybe they could get, you know, they'll have some buy-in onto uh, what they want to do. Yeah. Mm, sweet. I've got, I've got to ask, is there, are there any like moments from, from games that you've played that, that are just like standout moments? Because I'm sure we've all had yeah. moments in D&D &D games that we just go, that's going to last with us forever. And, and I, I think quite a few of your, your interviewees have sort of picked out sort of highlights and, and moments from, from their past that, that just stood out to them as, oh, wow, this, this I will remember even after I've forgotten um, <laughs> yeah. everything else. <laughs> I think like a standout moment for me was early on when I was first learning how to play, when, I, when it became clear to me like how how this game can really impact real life and real friendships and real bonds and the things mm -hmm. that happen in game can bleed into your real life in a, in a good way. Mm -hmm. And it was because somebody, my character was about to take a tremendous amount of damage and everybody knew that I was really protective of her. She was my first D and D character ever. And I just oh. didn't like getting into the fray. I didn't like when she took damage and he <laughs> took the damage for me. Like he was a clear, he had some ability where he was like, just literally like, I'm taking 
the damage. Like just like basically stood in front of whatever it was that was coming for me and just took all my damage and like went down because of it. But he knew like he would be he was fine. Like he was he knew as a person he was okay (laughs) with that happening. And he knew his character had ways to like heal and be okay. Like, Mm. but if that had happened to me, he knew like, well, I don't think she's going to play with us anymore (laughs) but it was like wow like i was stunned that somebody would do that and i just i know it's a game i know it was happening a game he didn't really like push me out of the way of a truck coming you know and yeah but he it was like so selfless and it just made me realize how much that we're working together and that this is an what how important and special an adventuring party is and just he him as a person even be, is still one of my one of my best friends because mm. he just did that for me. It was like it was just so it was so powerful like this oh. <laughs> it, this in-game thing and it really made such a, a a lasting impact on the real world me. I do love those moments that it's like even like as as you're saying it all happened in a game. Mm. But yeah. that memory of that moment is not you sat around a table together. It's him throwing himself in front of you and like mm. yeah. yeah securing that friendship <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. saving my character and it was a yeah, really good yeah. uh story hook from then on because my character was so indebted to to that character and just like yeah in the game they re- they were really bonded and they became very attached and in real life we did too he this this person actually ended up officiating our my wedding even oh wow, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he's the cleric it made sense yeah real life cleric <laughs> 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 not just in game no my dad was so confused he was so confused <laughs> yeah and, and greg are there any moments that you've you've had in in home games that you just go oh my goodness that's i mean so many uh yeah one of my most favorite recently was <laughs> all because i uh when the ravenloft um uh, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft came out. There was mm. a monster that I think was called the Stigeroy or something. Uh, and it's basically a Sturge that mm. is, uh, uh, you know, uh, beefed up, right? Like as a like a humanoid mm-hmm. Sturge. Um, and I just created this villain called, and I named him Stodgy Boy. And he's got this really <laughs> weird way of talking. Because I was like, I, I don't, I can't say Stigeroy. I don't know. But for something about that word stuck in my head as being, uh, you know, quite evil. And then he had this weird way of talking. And what I had wanted to do is just like have him be this one off. And then, uh, you know, they would defeat him maybe or not. Um, and then they started, then my, my parties just started being like, oh my God, anything that like jumped or changed or was, was off uh, in, in my descriptions of where they were in game, they were all thinking it was going to be Stodgy Boy coming to get them again because he was invisible. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I've really created this weird character that is haunting these people, uh, <laughs> both in game and out of game. Um, so there's that one. And then I was thinking again of my, uh, I love performers. I love bards as a class. They, you know, I have a lot of go-to classes, but that's become one that I always think about that is, you know, very much Dungeons and Dragons for me. And then I was inspired by um, glam rock, uh, kind of David Lee Roth, mm-hmm. David Bowie. Uh, and, uh, the fact that in the Harry Potter movies, Dumbledore uses his wand to amplify his voice. And I was like, that's so weird and cool. And it reminded me of like Bob Barker, uh, in in the States, he had like a very thin, 
uh, microphone uh, when he was hosting <laughs> for Price is Right. And I was like, what if oh there was like God. a rock star who used wands? Oh, my gosh. Uh, not just as, you know, weapons and to cast spells through, but also just to amplify his voice and to be a rock star. <laughs> and so I created this uh, kind of glam rock bard sorcerer uh, that had dual wielding wands that he would twist around like uh, like he's twirling drumsticks and then use illusion magic behind him to uh you know to, to create his stage show uh, around him and then that's the, amazing the one time i got to play in this it was at the uh descent to avernus campaign and the dm was kind enough to give me one performance in the elf song tavern uh before we went to shit we, before we went into hell and all that <laughs> it was like this one great moment of like oh yeah you got the entire tavern uh Pumping along with you, I think I even sang some some in excess devil inside, uh, which seemed very uh, thematic <laughs> to the adventure. Uh, so yeah, that was always a, a a great moment for me where I'm like, all right, all the all the character concept and the story and what was happening all came together. I had I had actual prop wands with me that I was twirling, and I was like, oh god, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> So Please tell fun. me when you did get down to Avernus that you did a Mad Max Fury Road fire <laughs> oh, guitar moment on the front on, of the, yeah. the Infernal oh, Machine. Of course, that was yeah. part of the inspiration as well. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was hot on the tails of, of that uh, uh, movie. So yeah, that, that was great. <laughs> Flamethrower. Yeah, yeah. Burning hands just being cast uh, all the time out of your guitar. <laughs> uh, Got to use those cantrips. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I fear we'll let you go very soon, but we just have a couple of quick questions from we we put a message on our Discord uh, for yeah. if there were any burning questions to use the burning hands hey. <laughs> reference again. Um, <laughs> and we got a couple of questions. We had a question in from Mike C, who um, Mike C had a question about finding yourself in the D and D multiverse, and asked, uh, "What dragon would you both choose to be if you found yourself in the D and D multiverse?" Hmm. I'm Tiamat. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, you just <laughs> go yeah. straight, straight first, in there. Let's straight, go straight to the top. Let's go. <laughs> no messing around, Shelly. Yeah, <laughs> not a dragon, the dragon, the no. dragon, the dragon. Yeah, yeah. bow to the queen. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I would probably be. Uh, I think it's bronze dragons uh, are the ones that are good aligned, but also quite Aww. chaotic and. Mm. Uh, you know, nefarious uh, liars. I think right. They're they're a little bit yeah. more <laughs> on that storytellers. Uh, Greg. Storytellers, storytellers, right? Exactly. Yeah. Authors. What yeah, that, that Kurt Vonnegut line. That, you know, I tell lies for a living. Uh, <laughs> I would love. I would love to yeah. be a bronze dragon named Titois. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of now. Yeah. And so you shall be. That's the magic of D and D. Titois. It's 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 a fact now. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and Kit had a follow-up question on our Discord asking, and then if you had a dragon horde, what would be your horde? What would your horde be made of? Oh. Well. That's a good one. I think, uh, I don't know if you can tell, uh, it's, a, it's an audio medium, but books would be my horde. I would have lots and lots of books. Yep. I would have as many mm-hmm. copies. I wouldn't, probably wouldn't be able to uh, rival Candlekeep, but mm. I would like to have as many copies of books as i possibly could surrounding me and i would like to lay on them mm. oh, nice that's the correct nice. answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah this was a test by the way it was. Uh, yeah. flying colors yeah. i guess that was my answer too then <laughs> uh, shelly you also passed well <laughs> if if there was a and... second choice though shelly having already now passed ah. the test uh... i mean i feel like i would 
mine would be food related. It would just be <gasps> lots of, of dessert. I'd have probably have a big chocolatey dessert hoard. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little chocolate fondue fountain of just This chocolate is from five hundred years ago. Mm. <laughs> just steal rations from adventurers. <laughs> Let them go, just take their food. Yes, give me the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Give me a chocolate. Like a like a little dragon bully stealing lunch from oh, oh now that's is sad. there candy in rations i didn't know that <laughs> it's fantasy Greg. you're buying the wrong rations yeah <laughs> need whatever, sugar. We want. whatever you want <laughs> of course you would bring a little piece of chocolate with you wouldn't you yeah. yeah i did i did cadets at school and like we used to get our ration packs when we went for for walks like this was like raf cadets the royal air force and one of the things in the ration pack was boiled sweets you got a little pack of boiled sweets? Yes. There you go. Everybody oh, yeah. deserves. Yeah. Deserves. You, need you also the got sugar. biscuits called Stop and Go, but we don't. Mm, like those. hobnobs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of like fruit, more like, do you know squash fly biscuits? No. Um, this might be a really British thing. That was very British. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Here we go. No. I want to hear it. Okay, I'm gonna, Ben now explains biscuits. Um, they're basically just. Um, they're <laughs> New a podcast. Of, uh, <laughs> Let's go. I'm spin-off. here for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am They're like quite a hard, slightly sticky biscuit that come in a long sort of like strip, but where you can break them into sections and they've got raisins yes. and maybe sultanas yes, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, in them, which look like squash flies. So squash fly biscuits. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay, appetizing. Interesting, interesting marketing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they taste better than they sound. Yeah. 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 I've maybe not sold this. This will be a very limited run of Ben Explains Biscuits. <laughs> ben Explains Biscuits. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about Lembus bread. Uh, Lembus yeah. bread. Don't like oh, yeah. Small bite of fellow grown adult for a day. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Four. Oh, four. Huh? <laughs> How much does Samwise eat? No, it's not Samwise. It's Pippin, isn't Pippin. it? They, they had like two or three loaves. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, dear. Um, well, thank you so much, uh, Greg and Shelley, for coming on No Small Roles today. It's been an absolute blast. Yeah, having thank you both you. involved. Yeah, yeah. it has so been very fun. And um, yeah, so hopefully people can pre-order already. Welcome to Dragon Talk, mm-hmm. inspiring conversations about Dungeons and Dragons and the people who love to play it. It's one of those titles. Again. <laughs> I know, <laughs> it's a long one. <laughs> it's my hallmark. Yeah, oh yeah. But yeah, you can pre-order at the University of Iowa press website uh, or get it through your local bookseller tell them to order a copy for you or maybe some extra copies maybe put on the shelves <laughs> just saying uh, just there's saying. a lot of people out there just I think in time a, for Christmas I think it's oh, a yeah. good gift it's great. Great. it is good. yes yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a good gift for people who are D&D curious I think because mm. there are a lot of folks who have watched Stranger Things or or, or seen all of the, the content that we've been talking about earlier yeah. about uh, and then be like, huh, what is this all about? And I feel like this book, because of its casual kind of tone, as well as the introduction to the different people and what they're doing in the community can feel like, a, okay, this is after reading this, you're like, all right, I know I want to I want to jump in now because of uh, all these uh, inspiring conversations that are in the book. Mm-hmm. I think it is. It's it's a fab introduction yeah. and also what's lovely as well is just spo- can i spoil the end yeah. <laughs> greg that, that you sort of explained some good next steps for people as well on how to actually take what they've read the excitement hopefully that they might have found from from reading this book about actually getting to play the game and, and how they can actually get involved what mm. some what some good steps are absolutely yeah no that was important i was one of our editors was like so yeah what do i what are they going to be able to do (laughs) like all right Mm. this is you know concrete steps because that's sometimes really hard to to grok right it's like what about what now what do i do well 
Here's how you do it. Start a group. Just get playing. Oh, it's fantastic. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Just do it. And people can find you on Dragon Talk as well every week. That's right. Every week we got new guests, uh, new content coming. Um, and then, you, you know, like and subscribe, uh, as they say. Hit the button below. Smash hit that notification bell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of those things. And follow us on whatever social media is going to replace Twitter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh no for now for now for you now. can find us there uh, yeah. <laughs> so where where for now can people find you both online uh, as well as D, but also where can people find you individually if they want to follow you well i'm at greg tito on twitter still uh also on co-host i'm there uh and Ooh. instagram at greg underscore tito and everything about Dungeons and Dragons, go to honestly D&D Beyond is probably the best uh, source now to get mm. uh, news and information as well as the digital versions of our books and hopefully start playing with some characters you create on there. There you go. And I'm at Shelly Moo on Twitter and Instagram. And you can go to my website, ShellyMazanoble.com. And also, if you're new to D&D and you want to learn how to play and you want some great resources, we have really good uh, videos and infographics at playdnd.com. Amazing. So check it out. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we have a bit of tradition that we always end our podcast with uh, everyone saying a non for now. In unison. In, in, in unison. <laughs> as best as, as we can. As best we, we can do it. Always as best as we can. So, no uh, countdowns. <laughs> Oh, okay, we're just going wild. Yeah, on yeah, this yeah. One. We just feel we just feel it through the lag spikes, <laughs> through the ether of the internet. We just hoping for the best. Yeah. Okay. I know. I know. I know. Perfection. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. What a delight! That was so great. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.